And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague. Hey, another edition of Back to the Futures here with Brandon Sprague, my co-host across the East Coast, Lucy Burge of the BetQL Network and the BetQL family. Welcome in and good evening. Thanks for tuning in here on Twitch the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts here. We're great, uh, grateful to be back yet again because, Lucy, both of our brackets last time we talked, and we, we were talking about my bracket being maybe okay and one of the best in the country. Yes, exactly. Uh, you can rip that to shreds. Uh, a lot of upsets, a lot of unpredictability. And, Lucy, let's do it together. Go ahead. I'll yep. let you do it for let's us. Go. All right. It's so over. my Providence Friars are gone, so I'm just going to rip this bracket right in yep. half. Yeah. So sad. Yep. This is yep. this is devastating to me, but I'm gonna rip it into 16, 32 pieces, 64 pieces. Oh my Gonzaga Bulldogs <laughs> ready, went down. Just gone, just gone. Uh, bracket, just and I'll I'll throw it into my fireplace. Or I'll, you know what? I should just eat my bracket throughout the show. Uh, let's not like, let's not what? do that. No, let's <laughs> let's not eat the bracket. You don't have to go that far. But our brackets are busted because the NCAA tournament has brought us a lot of excitement, a lot of upsets. I will say, though, starting out, just because we're, we're just getting on as uh, Duke and, and, and Kansas and, Miami, or and uh, North Carolina and Villanova punched their final four tickets. UNC with the last win of the day, the weekend, beating 15 seed St. Peter's, the first 15 seed to ever make the final four in tournament history. Uh, I will say Elite Eight, really big letdown. The Elite Eight yeah. was pretty disappointing. It wasn't really that entertaining. And uh, we ended with some blue blood chalk, but... I think, Lucy, that blue blood chalk is going to make it really interesting given we've never seen Duke and North Carolina square off in the NCAA tournament. And in Coach K's last year, they meet in the Final Four. Yes, so we're really lucky we have that because otherwise this is the biggest snooze I could imagine because it's mm-hmm. so chalky. Like the St. Peter's, I'm mourning this because this would have been the most exciting underdog story. They would have made movies about St. Peter's because if they had made it to the final four, to the championship, to win the championship, this would be the Oscars are on tonight. This would have been an Oscar worthy film about St. Peter's. They put Jersey city now on the map. It is no longer a bedroom city for New York people. It is, it is the home of St. Peter's is the home of the peacocks. And these cocks went deep into this tournament because this team could have made it past every other I mean, look at the teams that they made past made it past kentucky other other teams that they went farther than auburn they went farther than so many teams that you would never expect and and i'm really sad to see this team go yeah sad. i mean yeah I, I wasn't really surprised by the unc thing i had north carolina minus the eight and a half i did i had kansas minus five and then i thought about it and i had miami all the way to the elite eight so i felt like i mm-hmm. owed them so i took miami plus the five completely no-showed in the second half of their Kansas matchup. Uh, I want to give a quick rundown before we dive into some more Elite Eight stuff. Sweet 16 games, I still maintain. I had Gonzaga winning this thing. I'll stay right now as a bitter Gonzaga pick. Uh, I thought they got kind of hosed with some of the officiating uh, in their uh, Sweet 16 matchup and costing themselves in Elite Eight. But I want to go to the updated odds to win the national championship. This was via selection Sunday. Duke at that time was plus 1100. They were tied for fourth on the board. Kansas was tied uh, with Duke at plus 1100. Villanova was plus 1800. Uh, North Carolina was plus 10,000 to get that far as well. So we had some pretty good value on the teams that we have now in the final four. 
again, I'm bummed my bracket's busted. But if you were able to, to bet some futures at the start of Selection Sunday with some of these teams with Duke, Kansas, Nova, or Carolina, uh, you're probably feeling pretty good being able to cash a ticket to getting to the Final Four, or you're still holding one to get to the uh, national championship and win the whole enchilada. Exactly, especially if you were on Duke, because I am so afraid because my gut is telling me Duke is going to win it all. And I don't want to see Coach K go out on a national championship win. I wanted to see him go out and against St. Peter's in this round. I wanted a St. Peter's-Duke matchup and St. Peter's to take down Duke and Coach K and move on by the grace of God. This is on a holy day they lost on Sunday. This yeah, is not well, supposed to happen. This is not no. supposed to happen. May they rest in peace because the dearly departed and may light perpetual shine upon them because this team will come back stronger next year. And everyone who was on the St. Peter's bandwagon did a great job because they really showed out. The great shirts people had, the peacock emoji, which was trending on Twitter, basically. The fear the cock shirts. It's just, it was a fantastic run. You could not have asked for something better. And St. Peter's did a fantastic job throughout this. And I'm just, I'm so sad to see them go. Oh, yeah. They were the story of the tournament. There's no refuting that. Like, we got some blue bloods to talk about in the final four. And we'll dive into this some more as well today. Uh, Zach Kroll, our super producer, is going to hop on in the next segment. We'll get his thoughts on all the college basketball action, what he made of the Sweet 16 results. And the Elite Eight, which again was a bit of a letdown, but now we have a pretty traditional blue blood college basketball final four. And look, Villanova is probably on that, you know, right on that line of being yes. labeled a blue blood. But I think you could label them that at this point, given what Jay Wright has been able to do at Villanova uh, in his time there. But Zach will hop on with the next segment. We'll dive into some NFL stuff at the end of the show because boy, oh boy, is there NFL action to talk about. Sean Watson's press conference was an absolute disaster. Um, and yet we won't care come week two, but I, no. you, you hit on something that I wanted to talk about, Lucy, you, you said, you feel like Duke's going to do this. And you saying that I I've kind of had a similar feeling. Like I thought Arkansas was really going to be able to do it. And they, they kind of put the brakes, like they beat the brakes off of Arkansas completely took them out of their game. And you're talking about a lineup with Roach, Griffin, Bancaro, Williams, uh, more. I mean, you're talking about potentially five NBA guys in their starting lineup. We mentioned Duke, North Carolina, never have played in the tournament before this year. They're going to meet in the final four. It's Coach K's last year. I hate Duke with every fiber of my being, Lucy. Yep, right there with but you. But I have the exact same feeling as you. I don't know how or why, but it feels like Duke is going to be able to do this right now. Exactly. And I thought Duke had hoped Duke was done after Coach K's last home game where they lost and he apologized in his goodbye speech. And I was like, all right, their momentum is shot. They have no confidence. And now they have every chance in the world to win it all for Coach K. And I just thought this story cannot be that perfect. He can't go out winning it all. This is not how it's supposed to be. But the path is clear now, basically, for them to do it and to win it all, and it will be Duke. Because you look at this at the beginning of the season and end Selection Sunday, and even now, and it's like Duke. Duke's name is always near the top. It's always one of the Blue Blood teams. And it's the, for one of them to win, it's a letdown after we saw a lot of underdog stories. But we, do, we are lucky now in the sense that we have that storyline now. The storyline of the rest of the thing will be Coach K's last uh, games, because this is like his last few games of his whole career, and the UNC matchup. So those will be the, la the, the last two pieces of this tournament that we have that are exciting and, and what we can look to as a storyline, basically. 
Lucy, Duke opens as a four-point favorite. Right now, where would you lean? North Carolina, by the way, let's not forget, they beat Carolina in Chapel Hill, and then North Carolina beat them pretty well in Durham and uh, at Cameron Indoor. Where would you go right now? I make you, you know, pick a bet. You're taking your big $1 bet. Where would you, are you laying it on Carolina Moneyline? You go in Tar Heels plus the four. You go in Duke minus the four. Where would you go with your bet? This is your classic head versus heart because before the show we were talking and I said I have to back Duke, but that was just my because of the gut feeling that they could win the national championship. So I I think I have to split the difference, but I don't know where. Like, do I do UN Duke money line UNC spread or UNC money line Duke spread? I feel like it will be close, but I think I I cannot in my heart back Duke like that. So I think I'm going to go. I'm going to put my dollar on UNC money line and maybe another dollar on Duke minus four and a half. Okay. All right. So you're, you're going to maybe hedge your bet. I will. I will do that. What? I will do so, so much hedging with an extra dollar. It's going to be insane. It's okay. Going to be madness. Right. Honestly, is what it's going to be. Well, I'll tell you right now, I I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to change the momentum of this game because you and I both agree. Like Duke feels like, they're kind of in that driver's seat to be able to do it. Many people over college basketball will tell you they don't necessarily buy it or they didn't buy it going into the tournament. And well, yet here we now. are. Yes. So while I, right, right. I get it. But I'm going to take Carolina money line and I'm not going to hedge the bet because I, I don't want to have to worry. I don't want to have to worry. You know what I mean? Like if Duke is going to win, I can be okay saying, all right, I hate Duke. I have something to root against in the national championship. But if I'm going to have something to root for outside of just hating Duke, I'm going to take Carolina to win outright. I kind of have a rule anyway in college basketball. If that, that point spread is teetering on five and a half to six, I you know you make a gut call, but like I tend to just take money line situations. Now I have Miami behind me on my board. Again, Miami plus the five. Wasn't really confident in that one. I kind of felt like Kansas one. might be able to roll them. It was a tough one. But I'm going to take the Carolina money line because even though they're only four-point dogs, I think they could win that game outright. What they were able to do in that first match or that second matchup, excuse me, uh, against Duke at the end of the season, I like it. And I think they're riding some momentum as well. They were one not one of these programs this year that people were talking about in traditional Carolina sense, and yet an eight seed made it all the way to the Final Four. Exactly. But here's why I'm going to take the Duke spread, actually. I need something to worry about because I need something to keep me on the edge of my seat here to keep me not invested because I would be invested anyway, but to add a little bit of oomph to this, because of course, if St. Peter's was, I'm going to be mentioning them a lot because I just missed them already. If they were in this tournament, I would be completely on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I think the whole country would, this is a, a national sadness that they're out of this because that would have kept everybody going. And everyone was, was the camaraderie and binding together because of St. Peter's, but I want an edge of my seat feeling for this game. So that's why I'm going to split the difference. I need it to keep it spicy. Okay. All right. Where are you leaning on Kansas Villanova? I think I'm going to go with Kansas money line. There's just something about Kansas where oh. I feel like they should have been favored for a while to win it all. So I think it would come down to, uh, yeah, Kansas money line. That's what I'm going to do. No spread. Okay. All right. Now, I think Kansas, and this is something I want to talk about with Zach when we bring him on in the next segment. Kansas is one that somebody like Zach, who's watched college basketball all season long, 
is not a big believer in Kansas, and yet Kansas outscored Miami in their lead eight game. 47 to 15 to get that convincing win today. What and he happened? Had, I don't know what time. happened to Miami. What did I don't know. Say? What did Bill Self say to his team at halftime? What did like, Jim Laranega not say to his team? Like, how do you like, yeah. play like that? <laughs> he was like, yeah, just, just get some Gatorade and we'll talk after the game. That's probably what he said. <laughs> like, yeah, you're doing great. Good job. Just keep it up. Probably just said, keep it up. You're going to be fine. And then, and then in the other locker room, Bill Self is all like, you, why don't they say to their, their, their players, if you don't win, you'll be expelled. That's the rule. You will be expelled and you're dead to me. And this is probably what he said. He was like, you know what? You are a disgrace to every Jayhawk who ever wore this uniform right now. If you lose, you will have to, we'll take you to the zoo and you'll have to apologize to every Jayhawk in that zoo. I know it's a mythical bird, but like what even is real anymore? So the, it, it was like, he, he told, like he breathed life back into them. And then Miami was just like, eh, I guess we'll probably win. So let's just keep not trying so much in the second half. Let's, like, what uh, let's I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm watching that game and I'm like, what? What? Like yeah. this is the second half performance you have with the final four on the line. The final You're four guys. You were a 10 seed. How do you show up in the second half and play like that? This uh, is for people, all the marbles, people. Like, uh, look like it for once. What it's is It's frustrating. Happening? It's very frustrating. You, like, you yeah. mentioned your Providence Friars at the top of the show. Uh, before we talk with Zach, I, I kind of want us both to be able to get some stuff off our chest. You had Providence. I had oh. Gonzaga. What happened to your Friars? What, what, the what Friars went wrong? Was a, it was like they ran out of steam. They went as far as they could. And that train just, there wasn't enough coal in the engine or something. I don't know what happened, but they showed Ed Cooley with seconds left in this game. And he looked so hopeless and defeated. And it broke my heart to the pieces my bracket is. And that's my heart for Ed Cooley. Because I just wanted it for him, basically. Of course, for Providence. But Ed Cooley, my God. Like, this, this is how it ends for Providence like that. Like this whimper. And it was just very sad. I was very also sad to see Providence go, of course, because my bracket's not destroyed, but also just for Ed Cooley. I hope he's doing yeah. okay. Oh, Ed Cooley's going to be okay. He's a lifelong Providence guy. He's got a great career True. going. Uh, I'll say this. I had Gonzaga winning the whole thing, and this is going to sound like super sour grapes. I get it, and it kind of is, to be honest with you. The college basketball officiating really needs to be reevaluated this offseason. What they are doing in this tournament is an embarrassment to the game of basketball, to give Chet Holmgren two of those five fouls was unforgivable. The big man put his arms straight up, and because somebody, like, flails their body a little bit to shoot a shot, you're going to call a foul on him when he's already in foul trouble? I thought it was pitiful. Look, I didn't like the way that they played. Um, I thought they got kind of muscled around, but I, that that really upset me, and I'm, I'm a little bit bitter, but I thought the officiating ultimately kind of railroaded Gonzaga because it took Chet – out of rhythm, and it kind of messed with their rotations when you get the big guy uh, in foul trouble. So, yes, bitter party of one me, but yep. I have no problem admitting that whatsoever. Yep. Oh, totally. I think there's a lot of bitterness going around, and officiating stinks. Pick yes. it up, officiating. That's the it, problem, and it's not fair. Yes. It's not fair to these kids. Yeah, uh, these kids, kids, after all. <laughs> or, the, or the people gambling on these games, damn yep. it. Yep. Um, all right, so we'll dive into the NFL. We'll, we'll talk about the Deshaun Watson press conference. We'll get, Lucy, your thoughts on it as well. Oh, yes. As a football fan, how that message was kind of conveyed from Cleveland's end. Uh, we'll also talk with Zach Kroll, our super producer, coming up. Dive into the college basketball uh, tournament with him as well. What are his thoughts so far on the Final Four and the Elite Eight? We'll get to all of that coming up next. Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network.
Trista Crick. Download the free Odyssey app to watch and listen to Quentin Mayo, Ryan Horvath, and me on BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, plus the Daily Tip, BetQL Daily, and You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on The Bet. When I play games with people, board games, darts, different card games, I like, I learn the rules and ask pointed questions about the rules so like I can see like, like how can I like push this to increase right. my win probability up. Best right? possible strategy. The best possible strategy. Like, like what, what will bring my win probability? Like, if I play Monopoly, I have a certain strategy when I play Monopoly to increase, increase my win probability that people really? may not know about. And this annoys people that I do this because I'm trying to win. But this is like with sports betting, what's what's important, what you're talking about. Like, you're going to bet on this thing. And I, and I didn't bet that particular contest, but you better know what the rules are. Like, if right. you know what the rules like, are, this your is really going to help you because other people aren't paying right. attention to this stuff. You better you bet 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. I'm Listening Daily, brought to you by Genomind. Here's licensed therapist Dr. Chris Donahue on taking steps to reach out. I want people to be proactive, and that means not waiting until you're really feeling bad in terms of mood or mental health before you take some of the action steps that we consistently are talking about. So I love the idea of us starting our day, setting self-care goals, and making one of them to reach out to a multitude of people to deal with their own loneliness, but also to check in on them. Now, having said that, I also want people to know that emotions can be infectious. So check in on your own sense of how do I feel in some of these conversations, because it is okay to let someone know on the other end. Hey, listen, I'm starting to feel a little flooded or a little overwhelmed or anxious. Can we start talking about something a little more lighthearted, funny, or joyful? I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind Mental Health Map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your Mental Health Map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. Oh, no. You wouldn't have got it anyway. IUPUI, the fighting yeah, cover. Yeah, 17. Yeah, he hurts. That yeah. would have, that three would have made it 20. Oh, no, that no, would have been, it still would have been short by two Crowd points. goes wow. wild. All yeah. 30 of them. No, that's all you're Dang. giving. That's 22 people. And that stadium looks like the Capital City Go-Go are about to go out there and play some basketball. What is that? That's actually the, a lecture hall. They just rolled the court out there real quick. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, all right, guys, the, uh, theater's over. We got to play a basketball game, but you can come right back after this and for our jazz class. There's more people watching, like, like good, like a good playground. There's more people at, at like, Rucker Park than, than in that arena right It doesn't now. even like, have to be Rucker. that arena. That there are gym. more people at my, my local neighborhood <laughs> playground right. watching uh, two just two kids go back and forth. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, welcome back in. Brandon Sprague, Lucy Burge, Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Thank you for tuning in live on Twitch as well. Uh, We're diving into the NCAA tournament. Both of our brackets are busted 
Uh, we had to get some stuff off our chest in the last segment of teams that let us down or things that let us down. But uh, let's not delay any more, Lucy, here. Let's bring on our super producer, Zach Kroll, who covers college basketball and does an exceptional job here on the BetQL family, all sorts of things. And uh, you can catch him on Twitter, at Zach with a C, Kroll, K-R-U-L-L. Give him a follow. He is Mr. College Basketball on this show. So you text us this morning. I want to be fair here, Zach. Uh, you text this morning. What did you say about Kansas? You said... Uh, I'm the opposite of your picks, which really concerned me because you yes, know, I, that is a concern. Be on the opposite if, side. if you're on the opposite side of Zach, you're probably going to lose. So and Zach, you basically called Kansas a fraud. Uh, you said Kansas is a fraud, and they're not. This mm. think Kansas super overvalued is what you said. They won their game by 26 points. The tournament got you, my man. <laughs> what have you made of Kansas so far, and what do we think of the Final Four? Yeah, what a game and what a, a weekend. I mean, not not a great Elite Eight, but, you know, it's still college basketball at its best. It's really the first normal NCAA tournament we've had since 2019. That's a long time ago. But uh, with Kansas, it's crazy. I actually predicted them in the preseason to win the national championship. And throughout the season, this is what happens a lot in college basketball. Your opinions will change more and more just as you watch a team. And with Kansas – this is a team that, like, when you think of Kansas, you think of Paul Pierce, you think of elite NBA players, and this Kansas team doesn't necessarily have that. I think part of the reason why they were a number one seed was just the brilliance of Bill Self, and he's one of the best coaches in college basketball, especially X's and O's wise. But I think Remy Martin has really been the difference for Kansas. His ability to step up and just create a shot, we saw it against Providence. I mean, Providence was down 13 in that game. They, they stormed back. They found a way to make it close, but Remy Martin just – was the answer. And I think he's really been the big difference maker for Kansas. And honestly, in the second half, I, I still don't know what I watched. I, I don't know what happened to Miami. So Remy Martin is on my all name team. I think you would agree for anything. in college. That's a great name right there. So yes, I hope they make it far. What happened? Do you think at halftime for both teams? <laughs> Uh, you know, Jim Laranega, we saw in the, in the pregame, he was trying to motivate his team. He took a charge. They were going crazy. He literally just fell down on his back. And uh, uh, I think he's done a really good job with that team. But I was just so surprised. In the first half, Miami looked like the better team to me. The reason why they've gone so far in this tournament is because of their elite guard play. Uh, Charlie Moore, Isaiah Wong, Cam McGusty played phenomenal in the Sweet 16 against Iowa State. And then in the second half, it was really the first time all tournament where I watched Kansas and I said, okay, this team is good enough to win a national championship. And maybe they just continue that momentum. But, you know, it was really the first moment where I watched them in a, in a while. And I said, okay, this team is national championship good. Well, Zach, I, I think a lot of people, and we're talking with Zach Kroll here, our super producer, who does a good job covering college basketball and works for the BetQL Network and the family. Um, you mentioned Kansas. They're going up against a team. I think a lot of people are going to be betting Kansas pretty heavily in this one. Justin Moore, who, you know, we saw with the injury, he's out with the Achilles injury. I'm curious, do you think Villanova, because I looked at the odds, they have the second worst odds right now to win it. North Carolina is actually at the bottom, which was surprising to me. Duke was number one the last I checked on Vegas Insider. So I'm, I'm curious what you think of Villanova, who many people I think are going to doubt, and the value that might still be lying with Jay Wright despite dealing with a, a pretty big injury. I think this is such a fascinating game, especially with the Justin Moore injury. That's really the first piece of news we have to talk about when it comes to this game. And I feel like a lot of people, when you combine Kansas's performance today 
and the, the more injury. The, a lot of people are going to be on Kansas, I would assume. But I've just learned to never count out Villanova. It, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, it could go either way. I haven't really thought about a pick yet. But even without Justin Moore, the fact that this team is in the Final Four to begin with is crazy. I feel like with Jay Wright, he's at Villanova and he's turned them into really a power. But this guy has made three Final Fours in the last six years with two national championships. That's not normal. And the thing with this Villanova team, they don't really have an established pro. Justin Moore was really the, the closest thing to that. And they're still here in the final four. I mean, Colin Gillespie, the, the fifth-year senior, he's been playing college basketball for such a long time. And of any player in the final four, there wouldn't be one probably I'd rather have on my team than him. He doesn't miss free throws. He doesn't turn the ball over. And in these games, it's so valuable. And what do you, as a college basketball expert and aficionado, think of Duke, of, of Coach K and Duke? and rooting for Coach K. Is this a problem for you? I think it's really interesting because throughout the regular season, there was no doubt that Duke had the most talented team in the country with five NBA players possibly. The problem was they haven't really shown that potential or consistency to do it on a consistent basis uh, for five, six games in a row. And they've done that over the last couple of weeks. I've been impressed with, they've played a lot of tough, hard-nosed teams that you would expect a Duke team full of freshmen to just fold against and they beat Michigan state. They beat Texas tech. They beat Arkansas. But I will say like this North Carolina matchup is super interesting. I think as well as Duke is playing, I, I think North Carolina is playing just as well. And I, I really think it's a 50, 50 game and in the best rivalry in college basketball in the final four, there's no better uh, way to say it. Is it not creepy though, Zach, how, how, how these two programs as storied and a big a rivalry as it is between them, is it not creepy that in Coach Gay's last year, they meet for the first time in the Final Four? Like, Lucy and I were talking about big takeaways from the Elite Eight and maybe even Sweet 16s that carried over. And I thought it, I thought it was going to be Arkansas. And they were able to get past that, no problem. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about Duke now, and, and I, I don't want them to win. But, Zach, I, I can't help but feel like Duke is riding the most momentum. I know that might sound crazy because Villanova's there and Kansas and Carolina, as you mentioned, but there is something about this Duke team that all season long, Zach, it kind of felt like just tracking them. They were slightly underachieving of what many people thought they could be. And it feels like now they've just, they've kind of caught that fire. They've caught that belief and you're seeing them ride this coach K, you know, final train all the way to the final four do you view Duke right now as the current favorite of the final four? I think they are a favorite, but I'll say, I think the winner of Duke North Carolina is going to win the whole thing. And once again, Duke deserves credit because they haven't been able to show this consistency and they disappointed a lot during the regular season, but they were still always a top 10 team. Like I think, a lot of the attention is on Duke and the fact that they lost that game to North Carolina. It's been that way really since that, since the season started, this coach K farewell tour. And when Duke lost that game to UNC, the whole storyline was how does Duke lose this game in front of all of their fans? But I'm just so impressed by North Carolina. Like this team a few weeks ago, they weren't even a lock to get into the tournament and they're playing such good basketball right now. They were beating Baylor by 25. That game flipped when uh, Brady Manick got ejected. Uh, and they were able to use that momentum. You know, that's they're just a tough team that they found a way to beat UCLA too. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Um, I, I think Duke can win it all, but I, I'm really not trying to count out UNC. I think they have the offensive firepower that Arkansas, Texas Tech, and Michigan State didn't have. Yeah. And so, Zach, this is something you brought up, and we will get to the NFL in, in the next segment later on, but who is the has the better script writer, college basketball or the NFL? 
because we saw some incredible NFL finishes in the playoffs this year. But March Madness never really disappoints, and the scriptwriters here never really fail. But they're both kind of like, who, who has the better scriptwriter here? I think it's a very interesting debate. And if you remember in the NFL playoffs, that divisional weekend, we had four games uh, all very close down to the wire and on field goals during overtime. And with college basketball, it's similar and different. You know, it does sound crazy that Coach K and Duke in his last year, they're going to face UNC in the tournament for the first time. I'm not going to lie. Like, I never thought that was possible. Like, I knew it was possible, but I never really thought we would see it. And just the way North Carolina went into Duke that last regular season game and won, and then you have Coach K after the game, you know, he's telling the fans, be quiet, that performance was unacceptable. But that little uh, bit of him saying, you know, the season is not over. If Duke wins, like, that's going to be the first thing in their championship DVD, that epic uh, quote of Coach K saying, you know, it's been a great season, it's not over. That's going to start the montage and it's going to be some music playing over it, like some chariots of fire. Like, I'm sorry about our performance and we, we have work to do and it's going to be chariots of fire into this run. It's, it will be on the cover of their DVD. That is for sure. You can put that together. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) look, I'll say this. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm telling, I think North Carolina is playing phenomenal basketball and Arkansas I'm not shocked the, the game the, the, the game way that when it went because Arkansas used all they had against Gonzaga. They caught a couple breaks. I know Chet uh, had some bad uh, foul calls against them, but Arkansas was the better team, and I think a lot of that had to do with their game plan. They didn't have time against Duke. I'm curious to see what Hubert Davis does with the four days to prep. Why was, Zach, why was the Elite Eight, as we dive in here to the NCAA tournament, we got to the Final Four now with Duke, UNC, and Kansas, Villanova, are our two teams here. So we went a little chalk and we have three blue bloods in a Zach labels Villanova, a new blood, which I think is totally fair. Cause I think blue bloods can actually change in the sport. Villanova's established a long enough uh, reign here in college basketball. Why was the elite eight in your estimation, such a disappointing bore? Why, why did the tournament just absolutely hit its toe? We had some really good sweet 16 games. We had, I mean, the games that we got, how close they were, some teams kind of fighting back at the end and making it closer. It was at least interesting. And we had number one seeds go down. I'm curious why you think the Elite Eight was as disappointing as it was. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing, especially when you consider the highlight was that uh, crazy game between Houston and Villanova. They're combining for 96 total points. But I, I think sometimes it's just the luck of the draw or the unluck of the draw. And, uh, you know, we see what happens. I think with Duke Arkansas, that had the potential to be a really good game. I know a lot of people were hoping for Duke and Zaga, but Arkansas, you know, part of what makes the NCAA tournament so great, we said it on Selection Sunday, it's all matchup-based. The team could be thinking they're winning a national championship, but if you can't win that first game and if you're exposed by a bad matchup, that could be what costs you in the end. And I think there was no way Arkansas was beating Duke. Duke just had more talent, more pros. I honestly thought Kansas-Miami could have been that game, but Miami just fell apart down the stretch. And St. Peter's, like, if we would have gotten Kentucky-North Carolina on the five-year anniversary of the Luke May shot – to send them to the final four. Like that would have been a great storyline too. But, um, you know, once again, as bad as the, the games were, I think it, we might be uh, made up for it with Duke UNC to start off the final four next week. And speaking of creepy, as you mentioned, Sprague, what is the, the fact that you gave us right before this, Zach, with two mascots who are both birds wearing shoes? 
Yeah, I so need I this realized. information. I need this like air to breathe. <laughs> I, I realized that I had I had a friend that like Sprague, I believe, uh, had Miami in the Elite Eight, making a, a big run in the tournament. And he, I just saw he tweeted out like Miami and Kansas, the two teams that are playing, both their teams mascots are birds that wear shoes. And I, I couldn't really think of another college team that has a bird mascot that wore shoes. So I thought that was a weird coincidence. I think if you're um, a script writer for this, that that's something I'd put in there. Uh, two mascots who, ha- who are birds that wear shoes. Yes, they have to play each other. Well, well, also, they're, they're, a lot of times, right. um, a lot of people will say with the <laughs> selection committee, you know, they uh, set these things up on purpose, you know, whether it's the Duke Gonzaga matchup in the Elite Eight, whether it's a, a player on one team playing against his old school that he transferred from, uh, old coaches facing off against each other. It feels like in some way the committee is always ahead of the uh, schedule with that. Uh, we have just a couple, couple minutes here, Zach, so I'll, I'll kind of wind it down with this. Uh, Mark Few and Gonzaga, yet again, number one overall seed. Can't even get out of the Sweet 16. Um, what, what, where are we? How do we gauge Gonzaga? Is this a – they need to really evaluate the conference situation. The WCC had a good showing this year. You got three teams in the tournament. Um, but they've been a number one seed a few times. They went from Cinderella to – prohibitive favorite and they just cannot get over the hump a pretty big letdown what what do you make of mark few and the gonzaga bulldogs right now so i do think that last year they win the national championship in most years last year but baylor was just also so good and, and just the better team and honestly like i wasn't shocked this year that they didn't win they only really had two players in nemhart and in timmy that could take over a game to be honest they were lucky to get past memphis in the round of 32 I do think the conference is a fair question because even when the WCC had its best year it will ever have this year with four teams getting in, that every game for them besides one was just layup lines. I think they need to be challenged more, especially in the grind of a season. But I also will say, like, they've just got some bad breaks. I think in 2020, there's a good chance they win it all. I think that team was special. They had a really good team, and the tournament just never happened. And uh, that's the the bad break and bad luck you get with the sport sometimes. But um, I, I I do think it's a fair question. Has Gonzaga officially peaked as a program? I, I do. Yeah, their mm. budget is not St. Peter's, and St. Peter's went farther than them. So they <laughs> wasn't it Kansas or Kentucky had 130 million more in their budget than St. Peter's. It was yeah, something I, insane like that. I can tell you right now as a radio host, like I've, I've been trying to interview St. Peter's play-by-play, man. I don't think they have one. Like, I don't even think they have a radio play-by-play person. Their bus driver. You can interview him. I, it might, it might be, it might be Holloway. He might be the play-by-play <laughs> guy and the coach. Zach, good stuff. Give him a follow on Twitter at Zach Kroll. Uh, thank you so much for hopping on my man. I'm, I'm glad your bracket is as busted as mine. And you owe me a beer. You said no number one seeds in the final four. We got one. You owe me a beer. Okay. I do. You're a lucky guy. I am a lucky guy. I can't wait to enjoy it. Uh, More NFL chatter, Deshaun Watson's press conference. Boy, oh boy, we have a lot to discuss with that. Does it even matter? And uh, we'll dive into some NFL news and notes. We'll wrap up the show with that. This is Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge. I'm Brandon Sprague. We're back on the BetQL Network. Michael Jenkins here. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the daily tip 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern along with BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight only on the BetQL Network. You by Genomind. Here's licensed therapist Dr. Chris Donahue 
on taking steps to reach out. I want people to be proactive, and that means not waiting until you're really feeling bad in terms of mood or mental health before you take some of the action steps that we consistently are talking about. So I love the idea of us starting our day, setting self-care goals, and making one of them to reach out to a multitude of people to deal with their own loneliness, but also to check in on them. Now, having said that, I also want people to know that emotions can be infectious. So check in on your own sense of how do I feel in some of these conversations, because it is okay to let someone know on the other end, hey, listen, I'm starting to feel a little flooded or a little overwhelmed or anxious. Can we start talking about something a little more lighthearted, funny, or joyful? I'm Listening is brought to you by Genomind, the Genomind Mental Health Map, the new expert starting point for your mental health. Visit mentalhealthmap.com to learn more and order your Mental Health Map DNA test kit today. That's mentalhealthmap.com. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. Oh, no. You wouldn't have got it anyway. IUPUI, the fighting yeah, cover. Yeah, 17. Yeah, he hurts. That, yeah. that three would have made it 20. Oh, no, that no, would have been, been, still would have been short by two Crowd points. goes wow. wild. All yeah. 30 of them. No, that's all you're Dang. giving. That's 22 people. And that stadium looks like the Capital City Go-Go are about to go out there and play some basketball. What is that? That's actually the, a lecture hall. They just rolled the court out there real quick. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, all right, guys, the, uh, theater's over. We got to play a basketball game, but you can come right back after this and for our jazz class. There's more people watching, like, like good, like a good playground. There's more people at, at like, Rucker Park <laughs> than, than in that arena right It doesn't even have to be Rucker. that arena. There are gym. more people at my, my local neighborhood <laughs> playground. Right. Watching uh, two just two kids go back and forth. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. I was out on a Tiki Tuesday, and this is a nice place, and I thought, I don't know if this sounds good or not. Whiskey-infused dumplings. The waitress brings out like a metal syringe and right in front of us infuses the dumplings by pumping the whiskey inside the dumplings. They were absolutely delicious. Also very strong. Did not see that coming. What's with this new trend of fancy food being served with a syringe? Like I get it. It's so that like the juices will be freshly. I don't want syringes in my food. Doesn't that seem weird? I just put penicillin in my food. So that way, yeah, you're worried about the syringe, but also you get something that naturally protects your body. I think that's the only thing I've done before. You know, to be safe. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, Brandon Sprague, Lucy Burge back here, back to the futures. Give Lucy a follow on Twitter, at Lucille Burge. Yes, she went old school with the name, but she gives you all the fresh takes and the tweets and the thoughts and things about the sports. And you can follow me on Twitter as well if you want, at Brandon Sprague. Uh, we've, We've dived into a lot of college basketball here, the Elite Eight wrapping up this weekend, setting us up for what looks like a pretty interesting and entertaining Final Four Duke UNC meeting for the first time ever in the tournament on Coach K's last season, and you've got some classic programs in Kansas taking on a slightly shorthanded Villanova team. So those look like fun, and we'll have reaction from that coming up next week. But I want to dive into some NFL stuff here because, look, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We love some college basketball. I think we like some NBA. We don't mind some baseball. 
this country is football and it's football only. Like it's not even, it is football is king and every other sport is a jester. Um, Exactly. When you talk about NFL stuff versus college basketball tournament stuff, it's crazy how big a difference it is, even in the off season for people. And Lucy, this has been a wild off season before we get to the Deshaun Watson fiasco of a press conference. I want to pick your brain. Kansas city surprised the world on Friday. They traded their six time pro bowl wide receiver Tyree kill to the Miami dolphins for five draft picks, a 2022 first round pick, which is number 29 this year, a second round pick number 50, a fourth round pick and a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, Hill immediately signs a contract extension that he's looking for more money. He signs it with Miami four years, 120 million extension, including 72 and a half guaranteed 52.53 due at signing Lucy Burge. Did you see a Tyreek Hill getting traded from Kansas city trade coming this off season? And what are your thoughts? Uh, no, I did not. So everyone around the Chiefs, as they are getting better, the Chiefs' response is, let's get rid of Tyreek Hill. That's what happened here. And I, th- when we talk about NFL script writers, NFL script writers absolutely have the upper hand here against March Madness because when a trade like this happens and the news breaks, March Madness does not exist. All I saw on my timeline was everything that had to do with Tyreek Hill. You forget that it's March. It could be any month of this freaking year it is nfl no matter what and the script writers are like let's pretend it's not even happening and we're going to do everything possible to just make nfl in every headline ever and tyreek hill let's just do this with him that's it that's what they i i was surprised i was very surprised that this happened um and i did not see this coming well i'll tell you right now it, john rothstein would delete me out of his life because all my attention went to see that nfl tweet. It did not go to the NCAA tournament. John Rothstein. Yeah, he said, let's uh, everybody on Saturday, where's this tweet that he, okay, dear America, if you know of anyone who makes non-college basketball related plans next Saturday night, delete that person from your life immediately, sincerely, JR, immediately in all caps. So that's where he is on this evening. I don't know if he knows Um, the NFL exists. Yeah, no, he doesn't. I mean, he no, tweets he in not. October like it's college basketball season now. You're like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Only a hundred days till next season. That's what he's it gonna is. have one of those tweets. I guarantee you, after after yep. the championship is over, how many more yep. days until the college basketball season starts? That is would be off brand if he did not. The Maui Invitational tips <laughs> off at 133 days. You're like, oh, I did not know that, nor did I think about that. John, random, Rossi- he could be at random college pickup games at the gym. Be like, hey, what's your name? Who do you play for? Well, can we talk about how ballsy it is for John Rothstein to not only say Dear America, as if Dear like America. every human being in America is following him, but he says Dear America. Wolf. And then I love that on his personal Twitter account, he signs JR. Like, we know who bro, you are. I know you tweeted. I'm following your account. <laughs> like, who else would tweet from the John Rothstein account? Is there some intern is there a, is he, there a secretary is it an assistant a manager like what are we doing here he could have been hacked like jeff fasten and the cryptocurrency yeah. people take over uh, that would actually be hysterical yeah. if, if he got yeah. hacked during the final four and it's like cryptocurrency like hello here we're selling bitcoin and he's like i can't tweet about march madness that would he would just <laughs> implode he would be our brackets tonight and he'd just fall to pieces oh my god <laughs> zach just sent us a 
tweet from John Rothstein in January of 21. It oh said, I thought, I thought Tom Brady played for the Patriots, question mark. This was mid-playoff game. Beautiful. So this was probably Beautiful. when the Bucks were playing the, the Washington football team, now known as the Washington Commies. And so that's why John Rothstein is amazing. Back to the, to the trade. It, that is an awfully big haul for a wide receiver. That's a lot of money to commit to a wide receiver. There's a lot of risk involved there. That being said, I kind of like the Dolphins doing this. Like, yeah. Tua's, getting, Tua's getting close to that contract extension. I think their belief is we still have a window to pay some guys. Why not go add maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL along with one of the best rookies in the NFL last year with Jalen Waddle and the performance he had went really untalked about because Miami really wasn't that good. Um, I kind of like the trade for both sides. I actually, I worry a little bit more so on the Kansas city side, because I know you have Mahomes, I know you still have Kelsey. You've got a really good play caller and, and, and be enemy along with Andy Reed. Tyree kill. If you think Tyree kill being replaced, is like that easy. I be careful with that. That's, I hope that they can do it. Um, well, my chargers features bet doesn't, but I, I think <laughs> that they can do it. But you got to be careful with that. And so we'll see. We'll get the, an, uh, an idea, Lucy, in both Green Bay and Kansas City. What was the impact that we felt from Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill? I like this trade by Miami, and the excuses are over. I do not want to hear anything from Tua's camp or the Tua mm. stands out there that Tua doesn't have this, he doesn't have that. He just got one of the brighter offensive minds in football to be his head coach. And they added an incredible weapon along with an already pretty good passing arsenal in Tyreek Hill. The excuses are done. Go win, go push for a division, and go, go make the playoffs. Because if you don't with this team, I think on paper, there's going to be a lot of people going, nah, Tua's not that guy. Well, my question would be, will Tua have a job? Because rumors were swirling this week that Brady – could go to the Dolphins and play for the Dolphins instead of the Bucks this season. So Dale Arnold, who I worked with for a long time, great guy, produced his show, broke this news, tweeted that, not broke this news, it was a report that he heard that Brady and the Dolphins are working on a contract. And it might not get done, but they're working on bringing him to Miami. Now, keep in mind, Dale was the first person to report that Brady to the Bucks is a done deal. And that happened. But... I don't know about this one. My heart tells me this would be amazing if this happened. My head is telling me there's no way this is happening. It does align with a couple clues, like Brady is building a mansion in Miami and has a plot of land in Miami, not in Tampa, but in Miami. And he has expressed interest in this in the past. But I still have this, this is still pulling me toward he's going to play for the Bucks. But that is another NFL rumor that swirled this week that eclipsed March Madness. Brady to the Dolphins. Waiting any second now, we'll get a notification about it. Well, and I think, I think Arians said something to the effect of it's going to cost you five first-round picks if you want yeah. Tom Brady, even if it's just for one year. He doesn't want to give up Tom Brady. The Bucs don't want to give up control. I was wondering this. I think Tom Brady planned to come back the entire time. I think Schefter ruined a lot of things for him. Yep. When he was overseas at that soccer game, a lot of people may note, like, that's the Glazer family's soccer team. And many people said, hey, he was talking about coming out of retirement. I'm wondering, Lucy, because there was a report prior to the Dale Arnold one that he was supposed to meet with Flores and Stephen Ross on that yacht in a Miami harbor. Yes. And Flores was like, oh, I, 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 can't, I can't be seen. I can't be here. And he walked away. At that point, it sounded like Brady wanted to go to Miami. 
I wonder if he was begging the Glazer family, let me go. Let me go to Miami. Take like a first round pick, a, a two first round picks, whatever it is. Take that and let me go. And I think Arians and the Bucks got kind of stubborn and said, no, no, we're not. We're not losing a Super Bowl window next year. At least they think it's a Super Bowl window to to let you go play with the Miami Dolphins so you can embarrass Bill Belichick twice a year. If they got Tom Brady in Miami, be a game changer. Amazing. I I still don't view Miami in that light. I, I need to see it. I'm not out completely on Tua, Lucy, but I really need to see it from Tua this year. You've got to show and make me feel like when I watch you, you're a dude that can lead this team to the playoffs. Exactly. And make them glad they didn't fight harder for Tom Brady. I think, okay, we have Tua and we're proud of that or something like not fight the bucks on this. And I agree with you on that Glazer meeting at the soccer game. I absolutely think that was a trip where Brady was trying to schmooze his way out of his contract and just level with them and be like, Hey guys, yep. like, look, I, I just, this is my career is the most storied legacy career in NFL history. Please let me end it the way I want to or continue. I mean, I don't, who knows if this is even his last year because Jason light of the bucks was saying like, Oh, we hope maybe he'll be here for more than one year. And it's like, let's just either end this or continue it for a, a set amount of time. I don't Tom, can you play till you're 50? Maybe, but let's just kind of settle on something like 45 and not do this back and forth because every year are we going to be like, oh, is he retiring? Is he unretiring? Is he this just settle on something, please. And I don't feel like he's settled with the Bucks, I don't feel like he wants to be there. And that's why I feel like something else is like another shoe is going to drop here with Brady, but maybe not, uh, but, but also Gronk also Gronk isn't coming. He has not announced he's coming back yet. That's another big piece of this is wouldn't Gronk right away say, Oh yeah, I'm coming back too to the Bucks. If Brady was, I, I could see Gronk saying, I, I gave it, I gave you two years. We had a nice run. We won a super bowl. We proved that it wasn't just Belichick that won those chips. I think I could see Gronk walking away. If he comes back, great. But they really had he got injured this past year. He missed a lot yeah. of time. I, I don't I don't know if he'll play. Let me ask you, Tyreek Hill out of the AFC West. Devontae Adams in. The Chargers are, you know, loading up on the defensive side of the ball with Khalil Mack. Uh, your overall thoughts on the AFC West? A monster. AFC West monster. is a monster. And I look at this in comparison to the AFC East and the Patriots look very bad up against this the AFC West is an absolute goliath right now and the Patriots aren't even in the conversation and, and odds maker reportedly this week said they are the uh, not reportedly they did say it 11th in the AFC they're the 11th best team in the AFC and that's a fact that's not even like debatable I think it was trying to be like oh are we debating this now nobody disagrees with that compared to what we see in the AFC West the Patriots aren't even on the map like their yeah. win total like, I look at that, and I'm like, they could win maybe, like, three or four games this year. Like, Mac Jones yeah. is like, I mean, who, I don't know. I still think Mac Jones is the dip and dots of quarterbacks. He's always going yeah. to be the quarterback <laughs> of the future. Just like, that's yeah. what it, it's, it's just kind of sad to see the AFC West, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of nice over there. And then you yeah. got the Patriots, and you're like, what even is this? This yeah, is not, it's not, great. not what I signed up for here. It's it's not indeed. We didn't get to Deshaun Watson, so apologies there. It's disgusting. It's gross. Cleveland sold their soul to win football games. We're it's Chelsea Messenger helping you bet smarter on the daily tip, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Download the free Odyssey app and search BetQL to beat the books. Your home for wagertainment is the BetQL Network.